0: Welcome to a Words, Beats, and Life podcast. This episode features the Alternative Winter Break Series.
1: What's going on, world? Uh, It's yours truly, Mazer Mutafa, here for the third installment. Of the alternative winter break. Oh, I want to say spring break. The alternative winter break media arts edition, and I'm super excited to have a couple of co CEOs in the house today. What is going on, Substantial and Rachel? <laughs> it's Michelle.
0: <laughs> it happens all the time. I get it all the time.
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate you correcting me. So no one else on earth will ever need to be corrected again because we all gonna get it right, Michelle. What's going on? Thank
0: you, Thank you for having Thanks, us.
1: Man. Well, I'm super excited to have you all here. If you've ever watched me do interviews, I'm always super excited because I am fortunate enough to know amazing people who are doing amazing work. And you two happen to be two of the most amazing here in this DMV area and beyond. Right. Uh, for, so much. For, the, for, the, for the couple of people who are not familiar with the amazing work that you all are doing in Suitland and beyond, why don't you all just do a quick introduction of who it is that you are and, and the company that you run
2: sure okay so yeah um, so my name is Stan substantial Robinson um, and of course she's Rochelle so our company substantial art and music uh, basically we are like a multimedia organization along with also uh, being a a consultation company that works with creative entrepreneurs a lot of small businesses, uh, we help businesses with branding and different things, uh, also with um, the creatives, also helping them with their branding and increasing their passive income and finding other opportunities so that a life as a creative is more sustainable, you know? And uh, we've been blessed to be doing this work for about, um, it since 2017 is when we launched the company. And, um, you know, we're just grateful that we've uh, mm-hmm. seen the success we've seen and been able to help the artists. That we've helped. We also um, also um, assist with uh, grant opportunities, um, crowdfunding, things like that, and just a a plethora of um, services that we offer.
0: Yeah, we also offer like um, workshops. So we Mm. go out into the community and basically um, uh, facilitate, um, you know, teaching um, professional development, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, letting the artists and creatives know about different ways to navigate social media marketing, um, uh, crowdfunding, as Stan had mentioned before, and just, and grants. And then we also do, um, you know, one-on-one consultations with an artist where we do an assessment on their, you know, social media platform, their presence online, and just to give them, you know, tools and resources um, to help them, you know, leverage their, their art. And their creativity,
1: and, and share that with the masses. Dope. You know, it's crazy that, that um, you all are doing a ton of stuff. Uh, why don't we get <laughs> back to where maybe maybe where some of the inspiration for this comes from? One of the questions I'm I'm starting all these interviews off with is about your family history. To, how far back in terms of knowledge of your family? How many generations back can you all go?
0: Oh, gosh. Well, I know Stan can go back significantly. My parents
1: are originally, both of my parents
0: are originally from Haiti. And so I can go back to my great-great-grandmother, who was a storekeeper, which, you know, for women in particular during that time was not very common. Um, But she was was a spicy little woman. She had a Mm -hmm. store, which would today be considered a, a thrift shop. And so that's what she had. And it was I was fortunate enough to um, interview my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, before she passed. And so that's when I first discovered it. And this was as an adult, not I recently. You know, in the last, um, within the last 10 years is when I discovered that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for me, um, I'm able to, I mean, thanks to her, you know. Um, I'm nosy. Yeah, she's nosy. <laughs> I call her Black Barbara Walters. She gets all the goods. Um, but yeah, uh, after doing, um, you know, taking the DNA test and um, being able to get more family history, I was able to um, track my family back to the late 1700s um, mm-hmm. in Halifax, North Carolina, uh, for uh, my mom's side of the family, and um, they have been landowners uh, landowners in that particular area since the late 1700s. Yeah. Um, and as it progressed. Uh, You know, it's not a long history of creatives per se, but like, um, but definitely entrepreneurs, people who um, not just own their land um, also use that land to, uh, to grow a wide variety of crops and raise um, certain uh, animals and and literally, you know, be able to sell that to other local businesses um, along with. Also, there's a history of, um, you know, uh, religious leaders um, in my mom's side of the family, like, uh, you know, orators, if you will, preachers, and pastors, and stuff. So, uh, so you know, it's it's always interesting to see how uh, subconsciously different parts of your DNA and different, um, different, like the spirit of certain ancestors kind of move through you, even if you don't know who they are, you know
1: exactly so, so maybe to get to your more immediate uh, family talk about each of your your parents um who are they how did they meet what did what did they do
0: so for me my parents um they ironically know even though both of them are from haiti they they knew indirectly i guess of each other like my mom she told me that she knew my aunt my father's sister um they knew each other in passing and it was actually at the airport um, when my dad and my and my father's side of the family were coming to the States, they they immigrated to New York. And my mom was at the airport and was you know wishing, she's like, oh, I wish that was me. She was there for another reason. But um, she actually remembers the day that they actually immigrated to New York. And then years later, my mom also, who just celebrated uh, 50 years being in the States and also just um became <laughs> just became a citizen mm-hmm. but um it was better late than never and you know i you know i was i was proud to have been there with her and we studied her civics exam together for several months
2: and she got the help vote them out and know, she got the help right. to you know to <laughs> vote
0: this year which was so crucial
2: right.
0: um but my parents they met in new york and in, in brooklyn um they, ironically enough, my, my mom's sister, her older sister was working at a, a manufacturing plant and my father was working there at the time as well. And my aunt was basically playing matchmaker. She's like, oh, are you single? Cause I, you know, I have somebody that I think might be in, of interest to you. And so um, they met, fell in love, and years later, here comes me. And so I was born in New York, I was born in Queens. Um, and then my father ended up finding a government contracting gig. Um, with the State Department and, you know, in and around federal work. And um, basically we moved to um, Northern Virginia and that's where I was raised.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, so with my parents, uh, <laughs> so uh, that it's an interesting story to say the least. <laughs> so my mom, um, you know, my mom uh, came up to this area from North Carolina, as I mentioned before, mm-hmm and um you know she actually didn't meet my father right away uh, she met my father's family and so uh in particular uh his his brother right who uh, my like who ended up um my mom and him had a relationship uh, they had a son who's my my half brother um and cousin um, <laughs> you know so yeah so that happened and then after um years of them being uh, after they split up, she basically um, you know, she moved on I was in another relationship, was married for a little bit, things didn't work out but obviously would keep in touch uh, with his family, and so she would go to Baltimore, sometimes take the kids up there to see the family um, and oh, and it wasn't just my brother, it my, my oldest brother and my oldest sister uh, Priscilla, shout out to Ricky and Chrissy and so anyway um, uh, while visiting the family in Baltimore ended up hanging out with uh you know some of the family uh some of the aunties uh and ended up um you know hanging out also with my father who was the younger brother he was uh, sniffing around yeah you know he you know he, <laughs> he, was, he was a character you know what <laughs> I mean and so long story short um I ended up uh you know coming into the picture I was born uh you know in PG County at uh, Prince George's County Hospital and um yeah my they were together for a while my father um uh, he did a, like, you know, I, I only know so much about certain work he did. Um, I know a lot of the street stuff he was involved in. Um, and then I know at one point in time when my mom and him split up, uh, he ended up moving to New York and he worked as um as a chef in a, a small restaurant in New York for a while. Um, I know a lot more about uh, his, his, his street life. <laughs> more so than uh, his professional opportunities and stuff. But, um, you know, and that's information that my uncle shared with me much later. But um, yeah, my mom though, my mom always, uh, as far as I can remember, just kind of always worked in service um, in terms of working with, uh, you know, people with disabilities. Uh, she's been doing that type of work for longer than I've been alive. Um, just always working with, um, you know, adults who suffer from different um, disabilities and uh, just did that work for a very long time. Just always was looking out for, for somebody else, um, you know, whether it was for her job or uh, in our community, you know, uh, everybody knew it Miss Louise and stuff. And so, um, but yeah, my father's no longer with us, uh, but my mom is, uh, she just turned 80 this past year um, uh, in November. So yeah, man.
1: Sounds like... A beautiful love story of the reality that love will find a way. Yeah, <laughs> find a way.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> understatement.
1: <laughs> so let's let's get into kind of your the, the maybe your earliest creative memory. Maybe I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe it happened in elementary school. Maybe it was a class. Maybe it was maybe it was something around writing. But your earliest re- memory of being involved in something creative. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. I know for me, um, I remember, uh, even though I I grew up in Northern Virginia, I would visit New York all the time. And I remember one summer, it was right before, I guess, first grade, and my cousins were always drawing. And I was like, oh, you know, and as as being one of the youngest ones, you know, you always look up to your your older cousins because they're so cool and they're doing things that, you know, you don't think you're able to do. And my cousin would show me how to draw a face. And so when I went to when I started first grade, I kept on doing it, kept on developing, and that love of drawing and illustration just kept, you know, evolving. And so um, the school, the elementary school I I went to, didn't have a art class or art program. I wasn't really exposed to art um, in a formal setting until I was in middle school, and um, and I loved it and continued on and and. Continued to develop the art and eventually was able to attend Pratt.
1: You're going too fast. You're going too fast. We, we, let's stick with the cousins and introducing <laughs> you to drawing. So we're still we're still in first grade. Yes. So, do you remember? Do you remember which cousins? Did you remember their names? Yeah, it was my cousins
0: on my on my father's side. My cousins Carleen and also my cousins Woodley. Um, they would draw faces and you know portraits or whatever. And so, yeah, I would just do, like, make a U. I'll never forget. They'll tell me, make a U. And then you draw the hair, which was basically, like, you know, just curls. And um, the eyes, the nose, and then just developing it over and over and over. And that's how it all started.
1: Do you know what got them into drawing? Because you said that you saw them doing You were like, I want to do it because they're older than me. I don't know. To be honest
0: with you, I honestly don't know. I think, you know, that's just something that they were already doing. At least, I don't know what inspired them, but I know for me, they definitely very much inspired me to start um, sketching.
1: It is so interesting how, how everybody did the same portrait. It, it was a face that looked kind of like mine. Yep. And, then the right here, and then you did like some hair and up. Some hair, up. yep. Yeah. <laughs> what, about, what about you, Stan? Was your, your earliest creative
2: memory? Yeah, so um, as far as art, Um, I just remember my brother, my, my brother, Ricky, uh, being an amazing artist. Like my, like my brother can draw like extremely well. And, um, and I were, you know, typical little brother, man, you know, you see something that your, your brother can do and you want to be able to do it too. and, And hopefully be better than them. And so I remember him, um, I had a project for like first or second grade i think it was like second grade um that basically required an image of a fox and my brother just opened up encyclopedias shout out to encyclopedias um he just opened up an encyclopedia found a picture of a fox and he drew it he drew it for me so i could use it for my project and you know i could have been like a lot of folks where i just took that drawing put it there and then never tried to to actually draw it myself but i was just so floored by how dope it was um you know i spent weeks if not months trying to draw it as well as he drew it um and then that led to like me mimicking his handwriting i thought his like his handwriting was amazing i you know my brother um uh, my brother was a superhero to me so i was just trying to i was just trying to be half as good as him one of the fallouts i had with my dad um, was when my father and my mom had split. He eventually came back, um, maybe a few months before he passed away. And I remember showing him my art, and I would show him these drawings. Right by this time, I'm in like maybe third grade, and um, or yeah, what was it? Fourth grade. Fourth grade. And um, and he would see these drawings and stuff, and I'd ask him what he thought, cause he like he would never say anything to kind of let me know how he felt. And, um, and man, he told me flat out, he's like, boy, you can't draw. Now your brother, your brother can draw, (laughs) like, but you can't draw. Um, and so, yo, it's like, it was, it was confirmation. Like, I I mean, I think some people hear that and get crushed, but like, I've always been a person that like, if I wasn't that good at a particular thing that I was really interested in, I was going to figure it out. So when he said that, um, you know, I mean, it definitely I carried a chip on my shoulder for a very long time because of him saying it. But in that moment, I didn't cry, I didn't get angry. I just was like, it was, it was what I already knew. I knew I couldn't draw as well as him. So my goal was to get as good as him and eventually better. And um, and that kind of sent me down the path. And shout out to my cousin uh Marquise um as well, because my cousin Marquise is the one that introduced me to graph. Um, which I, you know, which I will credit him as kind of low-key being the person that kind of sent me down the graphic design path and typography and uh, all of those different things, because it all kind of spawned from my love for graffiti. Well,
1: that sounds like that's probably like a a middle school or high school memory right there. So why why don't we go and move on to this next, this next level of education? Because I'm asking the elementary, because so many people get influenced at a very early age, either by teachers... Mm -hmm family and we don't necessarily in our day-to-day lives like remember those people that, that sow those initial seeds um to be able to support what we were doing or like you said stan to be able to be like this might not be the path for you bro wow. and that person might have been wrong like if you had actually continued you actually probably would have got better just putting in your ten thousand hours mm-hmm. but, but but you cared enough about their opinion to consider a different direction Mm-hmm. And I think that's especially important to lift up for parents or for relatives or for teachers to know that you could literally change the direction of someone's life with your opinion. Mm-hmm. So, so when did that cousin who introduced you to graph? When did that happen? Was that a middle school or a high school?
2: That was still uh, that was still elementary school, actually. Yeah, um, yeah it was uh, probably it was maybe third grade or. Oh, man, I feel like it was either right before my father came home or uh, or like after he passed or shortly. It was some it was within a year of um, those major events. But um, I would go uh, over his house and my cousin, um, Diane, and see them and um, and y'all. And I just would see him doing graffiti. And so back, you know, I would come back around the way. And we, we used to do because we were super into wrestling uh, back when WWE was WWF. And so we would take cardboard boxes, the same cardboard boxes that years before we were trying to break dance on, (laughs) you know what I mean? We'd eventually take those joints, take a box cutter or like a steak knife from our house, and we cut the boxes and make wrestling belts out of them. And so once I got used to doing box letters and and, um, um, and then bubble letters, eventually, um, you know, I would take and then write like champion and all of the different intercontinental champion, blah, 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 world champion. I'd write all of that, but in graffiti and um yeah man like before i ever touched the wall it really just kind of started with my cousin introducing me and um and then i just kind of fell in love there and then he just kind of did one uh or two images for me and then i just kind of developed the whole alphabet around that um and uh yeah man you know um i would say by middle school I was a full-on hustler by middle school (laughs) because even in elementary i figured out how to monetize what i was doing like you know uh, because uh, i i feel like a lot of people that i was around ultimately who who ended up you know hitting the streets and selling certain things and doing whatever they could to uh, get by they ultimately did it not because you know they they loved the life of crime they did it because they needed money for something right and so i was blessed that early on that once i figured out how to do a particular thing people would see me do it and then they would ask me to do it and so eventually it clicked like yo i'm doing all these drawings for free for people i know and like who i call friends and blah 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 but they're asking me so much i'm like yo this is taking up a lot of time and so i was just like man start, let start me just ask let me just see if uh, you know if i ask for money will they give it to me? and yeah it started like asking people for like 50 cents here a dollar here you know i'll I'll do graffiti for me draw my name right or like yo i like that drawing you did can you draw me one like that i'll give you a dollar um you know and i quickly learned that i could that i could take this skill that i was developing thanks to my cousin my brother um and of course some of the stuff i would learn at school and, and monetize it which was it was dope. Like, yeah, I wanted to work on my skill and I wanted to express myself. But I learned very young that, yo, if I if I keep with this and and I keep monetizing and I keep basically saying, yeah, the prices are this, then I won't have to be banging on my mom's door all the time asking for money. Like, I. You know man i was in elementary school loaning money to my uncle and my brother you know what i mean and they paying me back with interest a week or two later so um you know that was something that started really really younger then by like sixth grade into and then eventually into middle school i kind of had it down i was already making a good amount of money like just doing art you know
1: so rachel you were talking about so we started off with your cousins mm-hmm. and then you started to tell the rest of the story so when is the next major um, creative experience? And I'm saying creative, not art, because creative could be like debate club, learning about language. Creative could be, you know, styling yourself. Like, So your next major creative memory that you feel like sets you in this direction that you're now on.
0: Gosh, I think um, the thing that comes to mind is I used to love, I still do, love watching movies, especially especially classic films. And so I would watch movies with my mom, like um, Cabin in the Sky, Imitation of Life, um, Mahogany. And so when I saw these movies with these women in these fabulous gowns, that's when I was first introduced to fashion and knew that that was even a thing, like fashion illustration. And so the next thing was pretty much um, going to that. And it was just, you know, ripping out magazines, um, you know, covers and, and inserts and Is drawing the 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 models and the dresses and that's when i really got into fashion design i knew i could say again do you you remember how old you were? oh gosh um i want to say middle school it had to have been middle school yeah so i was um yeah just sketching and drawing and that's when i was i heard about um fit fashion institute of technology and that this was a, a, a viable career. Of course, when I told this to my parents, they were just like, fashion? Why don't you be a nurse or a doc? You know, that typical Caribbean family, right? Why don't you be a nurse, a doctor, a lawyer? And so, you know, they, they knew I had talent. So they, you know, they, they entertained me and let me, you know, I continued to pursue art throughout middle school and high school, but it was still very much into um, fashion illustration, illustration in general, portrait drawing, Still stemming from you know um, what I learned in um, in elementary school, and one of my cousins actually we were very fortunate. Um, my father had purchased an Apple two an Apple two GS um, computer, and my cousin, not having as far as I knew at the time, not having any um, graphic design knowledge, but was able to do. Batman was big. Batman had just came out, and he was drawing like on the computer, Batman like the Batman symbol and and caricatures of Batman on the computer. And so from there, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And so um, when my school, I, I was very fortunate to go to a high school, a school in general um, that had a very strong arts program. And they actually did have a, a computer graphic design class. So I was very interested in that stemming from that summer that my cousin came over and was doing graphic design on the computer. Cool. Yeah.
1: What about you Stan? Yes. Next, major, next major occurrence. p.s shout out to WWF back when we still thought wrestling was
2: right. <laughs> right, yo. It's too real. Right. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, so uh once in middle school, um, I went to Kimmore Middle School, uh, you know, and um while I was there, that was the first time I was tasked with um creating a portfolio. Because art in elementary school, they never told us to make a portfolio, right? They just were like, "This is the project you do. You either take it home or you leave it at school. You know, it eventually disappears into obscurity somewhere." And in middle school, they basically had us make a portfolio, right? Like we, we uh, teachers showed us how to do it. You know, taking the big uh, construction paper. I mean, the huge. Uh, Bristol paper or whatever and stapling it together, <laughs> you know, what I mean to make a makeshift portfolio and um, and that was the first time that I really started collecting my work like really being able at the end of the year. Look at all that I had worked on. That was also the first time I got introduced to um, printmaking, um, which is something I actually uh, have done a lot of over the years. Um, uh, and like a lot of people don't know That's necessarily in my repertoire But um, but I got introduced to printmaking In middle school um, And still have like a bunch of the equipment Here and um, at our office In Suitland And uh, yeah man, but like middle school um, Really was dope, it, it was a great Experience um, and helped me Develop my skills a bit more And then while in middle school um, You know, I was hanging out to my boy uh, well, Hanging out at my boy's place My man Jamal Gowdy, shout out to him and um, and he was for Suitland, Suitland High School and this is like 8th grade um, I had never heard of the school Like my mind was set that once I finally got to high school I was going to play football and so um, I really wasn't even thinking about taking my art to the next level I just enjoyed doing it um, and you know I knew how to make money off of it when I needed money and so I never really kind of thought of developing it further until I visited Suitland with him because um, I was staying the night over over his place that weekend. Um, his mom took us over to the school. I sat in the waiting area just drawing in my sketchbook, doing the same thing I would do pretty much any time I had like time to kill. And some of the women, um, some of the, uh, the teachers there saw me drawing, um, asked if I was waiting to go in because they saw a lot of potential in what I was doing. And I told them, I was like, this lady, I, I have no idea what this place is. I'm just here with my friend. As soon as he finishes, we're going to the movies or doing something else. I'm just killing time. She uh, ends up talking to my, mo- uh, not my mother, but my my friend's mother. Um, and they contact my mom and basically get permission to test me on the spot. So I, so I'd had a portfolio at my middle school, but I didn't have it with me. I didn't have the take home stuff that people were supposed to bring in or whatever. And I didn't have anything. Uh, They just took me in the room after giving me the tour of the art program. Shout out to the VPA program at Super High School. who saved my life. Um, And yeah, and while I was there after doing the tour, I just sat in the room for an hour and did, um, you know, um, just drew the best, you know, best picture I could on the spot, the best uh, piece of art I could make on the spot. And fast forward that summer, I get a call from my mom um, while I was in Kentucky staying with uh, one of my sisters. And she was like, yo, you got to uh, start packing your stuff. I'm coming down to get you. You got to come home uh, because you got in the suitland. And if you want to play football, you got to basically get registered and get back by a certain time for tryouts and all of that. And so that should let you know everything, right? Like about how much I cared about uh, art at that particular time. Now my mom didn't call me to tell me I got in the art program. She was like, yo, if you want to play football for suitling you need to get back and blah, blah, blah. So um, so I did just that. As soon as I got back in town, I called my my boy Jamal, who's my best friend. I called him and was like, yo, dog, I got in the suit, man. We're going to be going to school together. It's going to be like elementary school all over, uh, all over again. Because that was the last time we were in school with each other. And my man hit me with the, yo, I ain't get in. And that was crushing because I really felt like I took something from him. You know what I mean? Like, I really, really felt like I took an opportunity from him. Um, you know, and I eventually kind of came to the conclusion that this was the path that I was supposed to be on. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there was some luck and chance involved, absolutely. But, but, you know, this was the path I felt like I was supposed to go down and art had always been present uh, throughout my life. And so it's a classic, uh, situation where, you know, you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. You know, I just happened to be in the right place and they asked me to do something that I did all the time, uh, for fun. Um, and, and money, <laughs> and, um, and and it literally changed the trajectory of my life. So I'm forever grateful to him, my boy Jamal, and also that program at Southing. You know,
1: you know it's interesting. Of the people I've interviewed so far, you all are the the, the first to not mention any teachers so far. Everyone who's been an influence on you As a family member or a mm. close friend. I wonder. So because we're we're at this high school phase, are there are there adults? who you feel like you can credit with with either supporting your vision, being able to offer some, some forms of guidance mm-hmm. um, in pursuing your creative endeavors? Yeah,
0: I think um, definitely when I got to high school um, and was preparing for your portfolio and teachers um, exposing you to different art schools and, and portfolio review programs that are available that were upcoming and so I had a photography teacher, uh, Mr. Nelson, who was very instrumental. Who was also a, a working artist. He was an ele- elementary school photography teacher, but he was also an artist in his own right. And um, you know, we had, you know, a lot of teachers um, along the way that did assist. Um, it was it's it's different for me. Like I and I I I don't I'm, I'm unfortunately I don't know all of their names, but um, they we were very much active in helping students um, hone their skill and also exposing them to different opportunities that were out there. Like at my school, we had um, ceramics. We had graphic design, computer graphics. We had drawing. Um, we had an AP program um, for art. And so those type of um, opportunities Exposed me to different schools that were out there. I mean, I was fixated on New York when I was thinking of college. I was fixated on New York because I knew New York was the fashion capital of the world, um, and was fixated on FIT. Unfortunately, did not I didn't get into FIT. And how I got into Pratt was actually by chance because when I did a attended a portfolio review mm-hmm. um, at uh, Corcoran. Was it Corcoran? Back yeah, in the some day? some people some went to Corcoran, yeah. some
2: people went to Micah. Yeah, so I
0: was at, I went to Corcoran, and I had heard of Pratt because my uncle actually attended Pratt back when it was primarily liberal arts school and engineering. Mm, yeah. And so I didn't even think of it because I was like, I'm not interested in being an engineer. And so Pratt was actually on site, reviewed my portfolio, and literally I almost passed them, but like because I knew of the name, I was like, oh okay, Pratt. Let me my uncle went there. I didn't know they do art. Let me just you know see. And sure enough, based on that portfolio review, a couple of weeks later is when I got, received my acceptance letter. Again, I was still fixated on FIT and didn't get in. But I knew, I was like, okay, well, you know, it's Brooklyn. It's still New York. I'll take that.
2: Brooklyn is in yeah,
0: the house. So, um, but yeah, I mean, definitely teachers were instrumental in um, helping, you know, guide, providing guidance. Um, but I think the folks that were most impactful, were, at least for me, was my family
2: yeah for me um i would say you know there were definitely teachers when i was younger that had impact on me probably the one i think of the most is miss hall um from my elementary school um you know and um yeah but uh, but it wasn't necessarily kind of related to the arts or anything like that she just was she just was one of many strong encouraging, no-nonsense Black women that just took care of me like I was hers. You know what I mean? And uh, and there was no shortage of that in my life. And uh, I'm forever grateful for that. So shout out to Black women. Y'all are the best. Mm-hmm. Real MVP. None of us are anything without you. Literally none of us. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, like the whole world. So, um... Yeah, but it wasn't until high school, man, like where like you know... I mean, I can I can pinpoint certain teachers throughout my journey that absolutely said certain things that kind of sparked other things, but not necessarily the creative side of me. Um, but high school, because I was at a performing arts high school, that man, like I, yo, bro, I can I can name almost the whole art department, bro. Like I know all of their names because the significance they played in molding me, because I. Cause this is also you know i'm a i'm a young black man living in pg right outside of dc uh you know around the time it's like or not too long after or around the time it was the murder capital um who was going through a lot of crazy experiences in my neighborhood and just seeing wild stuff all the time and so the art department at suitland was an escape like it was man it was like an oasis bro of just amazing talent and and it's just like yo i could I could, I could be, I felt free when I was in that department, and and I wasn't in my neighborhood, I wasn't in my home, I wasn't wherever. I felt like I could truly be the person I wanted to be. You know what I mean? You know, I could, I had people I could talk to about the things uh, that made me nerdy or whatever that I couldn't really, I didn't have the luxury of kind of being too expressive about that stuff in my neighborhood. You know what I mean? It's like. Unless I felt like fighting, you know, and I had no problem with that. But like, it's just like yo, sometimes it just got, it got tired. You know what I mean? You got tired of fighting to be yourself. And so anyway, um, as far as the teachers, man, the the one, the uh, the one that I think of first all the time is Mr. Fear, simply because uh one one his name was fear his real last name the joint said period one don fear that's your teacher and i'm like yeah this gotta be a typo and uh yeah that was his name and um mr fear man like he was my photography teacher he looked after me like you know like i was you know at least a stepson (laughs) or or nephew (laughs) you know what i'm saying like he's definitely you know I can't remember, man, uh, I remember the day I dis... Like, yo, I'm fighting tears right now. I remember the day I disappointed him. I remember that so clearly because I, I had so much respect to, uh, for this man. He, he, uh, you know, he recognized all of my different interests. It wasn't just about art. He wanted to know who I was and what I was interested in. And when he found out I was in football... He was super supportive when he knew it was my first game he was like man took me out of class for a minute gave me a talk and see i would see where my head was at it was like man you want to go out uh in the back uh run off uh, get rid of any nervous energy you got i'm like we got class.' he was like it's my class so if you want to do that like yo he was just different and um and i remember getting into this physical altercation at school um and getting real heated and i broke some property at the school uh uh you know because of uh, how angry i was and man he, the talk he gave me you know like uh my father passed away when i was 10 so i clung to you know when i had like men in my life for a brief period of time who were offering me wisdom and guidance um and i could tell the love was sincere uh yeah man i clung to that you know and he was the first he was the first white man that i had that experience with um i definitely had a few black men in my life who who treated me that way? But most of my experience with white men um, were sometimes in the school, but oftentimes police, police officers in our neighborhood. So, so yeah. So I had never been in the presence of someone who was that warm and concerned with my well-being and my growth. Uh, but him, Miss Kanashiro, Mrs. Conishiro, uh was an amazing teacher. I don't know about her politics. I feel like nowadays she might have been a Trump supporter, <laughs> but, but, yeah, but she was nice. She was real nice, but she would say some stuff sometimes. It was just like, mm, I feel like you just you you walk that racist line. Just really, you toe it. Um, but she was. <laughs> I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't have did that to her. <laughs> um, you know. I mean, I'm uh, I'm partially kidding, but there were definitely some moments where she'd say some stuff that was questionable. But uh, but shout out to Miss Doty, Miss um, Surratt. Uh, uh, Mr. Prince uh, was the the only uh, black male teacher there. Um, you know, Jesus man, I can keep going, but I'm, I'm not. It, look, look, yeah, man. That, <laughs> shout out to the uh, uh, CVPA program, yeah. the visual performance program at Suitland High School. Yeah, like, um, yeah, greatly appreciate. Uh,
1: it. I was gonna ask you about football, but but I know we got limited time. So, did, did you play all four years?
2: nah i played one year and it's 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 great you came back to that because i actually broke my drawing hand uh you know during my year and i'm at a school where the only reason why i'm there is because i got accepted into their art program so you know like with that program you couldn't drop under a certain average like if i if i dropped below i think a 2.0 they would have put me on um Academic probation, and I ultimately would have been put out of school.
0: And was it Mr. Fear who told
2: you? No, no. Oh, the The teacher name who I did not say. The goat, Doc Thompson. That old white lady is insane, but (laughs) she is the best man. She was such a character, yo, such a character. But she is hands down the greatest teacher I have ever like had the pleasure of learning under. Um, Yeah. So I broke my hand. And yo, when I came in and she saw the cast, she basically asked. She was like, you know, saw how it was covered up. She's like, you can't write, right, uh, or draw with that hand now, right? It's like, no. She's like, have you ever tried with your left? And I looked at her sideways and was like, I'm right-handed, so <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so, yo, she basically called the whole class attention and was like, everybody, take your pencil, put it in your opposite hand, and for like several days made everybody draw with their bad hand because of me. Like was just like, yo, I want you to. And then after, you know, everybody tried it for a period of time, she just had me keep doing it while my hand held. So for a while I could draw with both hands. Um, you know, my left hand wasn't as strong as my right in terms of my drawing, but but it was it was better than your average person <laughs> who said, oh I can kind of draw. Like, man, I got I got pretty nice with it. And it was all because of her and she was just dude i've seen her take kids who were like decent artists and by the end of the year man after having her class dude they they were drawing phenomenal stuff like it didn't even look like the same person drew certain things
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, but shout out to doc thompson you know they named the gallery at, at the school after her while she was still alive so that should that should speak volumes about what type of woman this was you know what i mean get them roses while she can still smell them yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely so let's
1: let's talk, let's talk. So both of you then transitioned to go to college. Is that where you all met? Yep. 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 We so, met so at you, Pratt.
2: In Brooklyn.
1: We transitioned. Both of you were accepted at Pratt. Yep. Um, talk to me about Pratt and then frame what happens after Pratt to get you to where we are now. Gotcha. So, um,
0: yeah. So we were in Brooklyn in the late 90s. Um, which I think was the best time ever. Man. Um, it was right before gentr- gentrification took s- a stronghold in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. um, well, New York City proper period. Um, we, I didn't know Stan, my freshman year, we, well, actually towards the end of our freshman yeah. year is when I met him. Hanging out, yeah. yeah. Um, I knew of Stan because every time in the cafeteria, he was playing spades and I would go to class, come back. I was, and was a double major, I was a double spades. major. And
2: so, so yeah, I was like, when did he get work done? In spades, yeah.
0: yeah. So <laughs> that was his minor. <laughs> but um, um, yeah. So I w- I got accepted into the, the fashion department, the fashion program. Um, excelled there. I am very much um, when we talk about um, instructors who we still very much in contact with. Um, Adrian Jones, shout out to her, was my um, freshman year teacher, design teacher. Um, who I'm still very much, she is like mommy, sister, auntie, all wrapped into one. Um, so she's a mentor who helped guide me. Um, college, you know, Pride Institute is a private institution. It's very expensive. And so it was a struggle. You know, my, my parents both work. My mom is a a CNA. My father's an engineer. And so, yeah, but it was still, it was still tough and still forced you to be very creative. Mm. Um... After graduating, though, actually before that, so I excelled in the program, received awards, um, and so I'm thinking, okay, this is a wrap. I should get a job. You know, I've had great internships. It shouldn't be a problem. Graduated, months went by, no job. Um, Was able to find, you know, opportunities in different sectors. I worked in media for a bit. I... um, Worked in magazines. Um, was working with Alvin Ailey Dance Theater as their Ailey Two Junior Company Wardrobe Supervisor, which was a great experience. Got to travel um, the country, which was great. Um, before then, prior to that, I've pretty much been from New York to Virginia, <laughs> back to New York again. And so, I with them, I was able to really see how it was working with a in the nonprofit sector and seeing the benefits as well as the hardships in that, um, in that realm. Um, but I was still antsy, like I still wanted to do something creative because right there it was just pretty much, you know, you know, going through the motions. And so um, when we decided to get married, I, my family as well with most Caribbean families who I've engaged with are natural uh, <laughs> event planners and and party planners. And so I decided to transition and do a work into hospitality. So I did that for a while. But again, I have a very, very, I'm very free spirited. I'm very antsy. I can't stay still. And so I changed up again, went into education. I had a teacher who was working um, with students at the hotel I was working at. Um, Shout out to Radisson JFK Airport as a, I was the catering sales manager. And there was a teacher there I was working with, you know, at-risk youth. And I, you know, I took my time to work with them and show them the ropes and everything. And she said, you know it, You would be a great teacher. Never had really thought about it. My grandmother, my father's mother was a, a teacher. And so I started thinking about it. I was like, hey, maybe, you know, education. So I um, was working for DCPS for a bit, worked as a substitute at Prince George's County public school as well, but um, did that for a bit and then wanted to get back into the arts and with nonprofits. And so I worked um, with the Arts Council of Fairfax as their grant sales manager, as their grants manager. And um, that that was the turning point. That was when I was working with artists and arts organizations and helping them obtain funding and providing them with opportunities and doing workshops. And that's when I think the light bulb really was like, okay, maybe it's not necessarily producing art, but also producing artists Mm -hmm. and helping them with their path. And so, um, you know, I did that for a while and honed my skills that way. And also the fact that, you know, not for nothing, in that type of atmosphere, I was noticing I was either the only black person in the room or it was maybe one or two of us. And I was like, there are so many opportunities out here. Cause I, again, having experience with DC, there's so many opportunities out there, but unfortunately for, um, for Black folks and people of color, either they're just not privy to the information or folks aren't purposely doing outreach to let them know of uh, the different opportunities that are out there, and so Stan and I began discussing and really wanted to really reach out to our folks, to our people, um, and to provide them with assistance so that they can excel and really produce you know, a lot of times I think with creatives, you're so, you know, you're so focused on just the creating aspect and then the business fails. And so to have, you know, both sides of the brain functioning and working, um, that's where we come in and provide them with their tools and resources and recommendations so that they can excel. And to be honest with you, this last year, 2020 was a test for a lot of folks. And we were so grateful to be able to um, really help a lot of artists. Um, whether they were doing it full-time or whether they're doing it part-time, but just showing them how to navigate and really, really take their, their careers to the next level. Mm.
2: For me, um, ending up at Pratt, uh, had a lot to do, one with Suitland, but also the fact that it was New York. Um, you know, I was, I started really pushing, uh, my music, uh, during high school and, you know, had opportunities, um popping up related to the music. So I knew I wanted to be in a place that was conducive to both be pursuing a career in the arts while while simultaneously uh, pursuing a career in music. Um, Pratt was a a great place to be in terms of networking, the friendships that we made that we still have to this day with a lot of the folks uh, we attended Pratt with. And um, you know, it it was just a great place to hone your craft and and really develop yourself, uh, not just as an artist, but as a person um and uh while i was there i was simultaneously pushing uh, my music uh met uh you know a lot of the brothers from q and five music pack first and then later um tone then of course my, uh, my brothers uh, uh mcmi um who also are noted as, as the play um Pumpkinhead and all of them brothers um i met while i was at pratt um and so i was making music simultaneously while i was in school Ultimately got a record contract with the late great NewJeans, Nujib- uh, rest in peace, um, and rest in peace the Pumpkinhead as well. I've uh, got a record contract while I was in school, um, and ultimately decided to drop out of school so I could pursue my music um, full time. Um, through that period of time, had a lot of like uh, dead end jobs and stuff that just kind of helped, you know fund the day to day. But ultimately, um, after some time passed and we decided to relocate from new york and come to um come back to the dmv um you know all of that knowledge that we accrued, um you know that we just kind of gathered being in new york Mm -hmm. um and then also traveling outside of new york and working with the companies we had worked um just had a lot of information and so when we got here we're networking we're meeting different people And we just always found ourselves like helping out our friends. And what was super dope is just like, our friends just aren't like, you know, some of our friends are just people who kinda, they dabble with this stuff. But a a lot of our friends are already professionals, Mm -hmm. you know, like from like artists who were Grammy nominated or artists who hung in like, you know, major galleries or worked for, Uh, Major companies and stuff, but people were just always asking our opinion on different things or trying to figure out how we managed uh, to get certain opportunities and so um, when there was some uncertainty uh, with a, a job um uh, my job in the school system because i did a lot of youth work over the years worked in education heavily uh, with covenant house washington um and um, you know baltimore city public schools and um and then also George's county uh, public schools and different programs in dc um you know i just basically was like you know how can we take all of this knowledge and put it and, and you know put it into one place and be able to offer the community something that'll be beneficial, and at the same time, be able to provide for ourselves and and be our own bosses and and build a legacy, right? Like, have something that we can um, use to help our family also while helping our community. And then simultaneously, when our daughters come up and, you know, when the business is still going and thriving, they want to take this on, right? Because, you know, it was just important to have that. And so this company has allowed us to do so much um and we had one vision for it we thought it was really going to be developing programming and stuff and um, related to the arts and with um, yeah with, with youth and bringing in. in teaching artists and things like that yeah. um, and we still do a little bit of that but um, but yeah consulting just kind of took over and became the main thing where it was really just people wanting to sit sit with us for an hour or uh, hour or two just to really take a hard look at what they were doing and then offer them um some real advice and uh we've been blessed man like Mm um we've been blessed that we've been able to bless others with the knowledge that we've gained and most importantly um you know been able to back up the talk with actual results Mm -hmm. seeing artists like see their numbers go up so high that they saw like uh nearly ten thousand percent growth and several of uh, the artists seeing it um growth in like the hundreds or whatever in terms of percentage. So it's been dope, man. It's been really dope. ultimately
0: like their success is our success. Yes. So to see them we work with you know individual artists, performing artists, visual artists, even creative entrepreneurs. And so it's it's been a it's been a blessing.
2: Yeah man. Yeah.
0: Do both of you
1: work on the podcast together? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk yeah. a little bit about the podcast. So, for people who are who are just being introduced to your brilliance, they know how to get more. Can you talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit about the podcast? So we came up during the pandemic. Um, you know, Stan
0: and I. We, people have always complimented us on our voice. Like, you you guys should be on radio. And so, <laughs> since we had time to kill, <laughs> we were all in the house, um, and uh, we decided we want. You know, our friends are dope, and so we would like to talk to our artist friends and just um, have them share their creative journey but also to find out more about you know their backstory for a lot of us you know we know each other you know in passing and you know we might hang out but we don't know their creative journey their creative path and so we just developed um our podcast called artistry And artistry is a play on words of where art meets industry. And so we discuss with artists, visual artists, curators, performing artists, and basically they discuss with us, you know, their creative journey, as well as the business side of things, the business side of the arts as well, Mm -hmm. depending on their specific um,
2: We Yeah, we kind of pry a little bit, right? (laughs) Like, you know, maybe ask some questions that will bring in people who might have been interviewed or sometimes oftentimes don't get interviewed, right? Uh, But are very successful in their own right most of the people I think um, I think almost every artist we interviewed this past season They're all uh, Mm full-time creatives and so um, You know just really pick their brain on what their journey was and then and and how they've managed to grow successfully, you know, you know uh, sometimes talk to them a bit about money and like how they have been able to like fund what they do like how much of their income is passive versus something else um and just you know different things just to get other creatives listening to a show that kind of you know kind of lifts the uh you know lets you see behind the curtain a bit um because a lot of times for artists people just see the end result they don't necessarily see the process they don't i mean nowadays you're seeing more of it because of social media but um but the boring stuff right like the you know um i mean people listen you know i don't see it as bored but i think a lot of times people want to be entertained more than they want to be educated right and um but you know
0: although i think that's changing because of the pandemic i think yeah. like, it, it's forced people to slow down a bit and sort of appreciate the process right. so that's what i
1: think you're seeing more so now yes. than ever before no i agree yeah. so i th- i think it is changing. One last question, and I, I used to I used to ask this question all the time when I'd have people people on PFW who I knew were parents. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder how do you think being parents who are, in Stan's case, hip hop, mm-hmm. um, in Rochelle's case, creative or, or focus on visual arts. How do you feel like being artists that are parents impacts your parenting? <laughs> I think it forces you to be cre-
0: creative. I mean, you you get definitely get to use those creative juices when you're trying to convince your child to like. We have a, a we have a 12 year old and we have a three year old. So one is in middle school. Another one is we're struggling with the potty training. <laughs> so
1: it forces you to be
0: creative. Um, it um, allows you to really. Um, talk with them more and really have very open conversations Mm -hmm. whereas I think a lot of that has I think also has to do with just our upbringing it's like okay what we lack we now are trying to provide for the next generation Mm -hmm. and I think that's probably universal for anybody um but like yeah like arts and crafts I love doing arts and crafts and doing you know having that both for my my 12 year old and my three year old um, where we sing songs or we'll dance. And, and not to say, I think anybody who's, um, not creative wouldn't do that, those things as well, but, you know, you really enjoy it and it forces you to be creative. Like, okay, we don't have this supply. Okay. What can we use instead? Mm -hmm. Um, so it basically teaches you to be, um, inventive and, and, um, you know, explore different techniques and different things. Even though if you get a different outcome, I think we're open as parents. It's like, you don't necessarily have to do it our way. We're going to show you what we think, but you know, hey, whatever yeah. makes it easier for you.
2: Yeah, that that's very true. And um, and the other thing too is like, we get really unique experiences because of the type of work that we do and because of the background that we have. Mm-hmm. So allowing our children to uh, embark like on those journeys with us, right? And experience these different places. Um, making it a family affair whenever possible um you know so that they can see that you know you can you can create you can start your own thing right, right? and and be able to not just make enough to get by but make enough to uh to let the family enjoy this experience and just kind of make it more tangible for you
0: and we're also able to show like our eldest she's very much into comic books and writing comic books and drawing and so exploring um different uh um past to employment mm-hmm. you know if i tell my parents yeah i want to be a comic book writer what <laughs> yeah. you know is that even a thing you know so i think um for her and she embraces it she's like yeah you know she thinks that this is something that she can do like yeah. oh i can you know i can have my own business so i can we're... be a writer i can be you know something creative
2: yeah and we're not just showing her the end result most people just see the end result right. like a lot of times we're watching things with her or taking her to places where those professionals are there right or like we're sharing these things where she can see what the writer for this particular comic book looks like Mm -hmm. or or what the artist looks like and being able to see yourself in these people and hearing what their journey is just like this show right here allows you to to hear the journey and then people start to make connections like oh that's similar to my experience oh so i could possibly do what they're doing or or something similar or whatever you know we're um,
0: easily the the coolest parents around. We really are. Yeah, I mean we
2: are. You know, I think we were cool. Every parent goes through the same thing. You're cooler the smaller they are, right? Right. And as you they start Every to girl, age, the, you yeah. you you slowly become not as cool. You know, you're still cool, <laughs> but you're not as cool as you once were. Shout out to parents raising middle schoolers and high schoolers. Everywhere. They know exactly what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> well, I definitely want to thank both of you for being a part of this hour. This has definitely been a, a journey to learn more about both of you. Can, do you want to share socials or websites, particularly for your project and Sutton? Yeah,
0: yeah, so we are we're on social media at Sub Art and Music. Um, our website is subartandmusic.com. Um, what else do you want to add? As yeah. far as... Um, as far as things that we're doing, we're still working on, uh, we are available for consultations. We do special programs. We just completed our Kwanzaa Kwanza celebration. celebration, which is on YouTube, um, which was a virtual program.
2: Thanks to everyone who watched.
0: Yeah, so we, we're excited about that. So yeah, we just love bringing, bringing community together, even though we're apart, so.
2: Yeah. And definitely check out our um, our artist partners, uh, Creative Suitland. That's where our office is located in Suitland, Maryland. Um, you can check out their website, creativesuitland.org. Um, they'll be listing um, other programming that they'll have going on and also listing um, different workshops that we'll be doing virtually with them uh, coming up in the near future.
1: Yeah. What's that? Well, thank you so much for being a part of this inaugural alternative winter break focused on media arts. You two are amazing. I wish nothing but continued success to each of you. Right, uh, thank you for your journey. Thank, thank you, you so it, much. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, Appreciate bro. you. No doubt.
0: This podcast was produced by Executive Director Mazi Mutafa. Post-production by Rhythm Lingo Music. Past episodes can be streamed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Mixcloud. Words, Beats, and Life podcast are produced through funding from partner grants and in-kind donations from people like you. Visit wblinc.org donate to make a contribution.